0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the third episode of my podcast. I'm your co-host, Muhammad Sawas.
1: And I'm your co-host, Yusuf Hafiz.
0: And today's episode is very special as we are joined by our first guest, the founder and CEO of Z-Notes.
1: Diana Legacy Award winner.
0: And the UN17 generation uh, young leader.
1: Zubair Junior. Welcome, Zubair. How are you? Thank you, Yusuf. Great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, let's let's start off by just a simple question. Um Who are you? What is Z-Notes? Where were you brought up? A little bit about you. And um, yeah, let's start with that. Sure. Uh, Z-Notes is a a
2: social impact startup uh, that is on a mission to end educational inequality for young people everywhere. Uh, It uh, operates like an online learning platform providing free educational resources and support to students all over the world who are taking uh, incredibly important exams, which I'm sure both of you have done, international (laughs) standardized exams, like A-levels, GCSEs, SATs and local ones and we work with the best students in the world to provide free educational resources so that every young person has a level playing field when they go into their exam. Mm-hmm. Um, it has reached over 4.5 million students, more than 4, 4.5 million, and over 33 million hits from all over the world, from 190 wow. plus countries.
1: Wow. Um, and that's 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 been the main main focus of, of me and my identity for this point in my life. And so do you guys like contact specific uh, students that are doing well and tell them to like share their notes or is it like um, just anyone can help in the way they want to? it started off very much
2: uh informally getting my friends involved and getting them to kind of create yes. resources but today alhamdulillah we've had um you know hundreds of applications every single year for students who want to contribute to the platform and these are the you know very best these are olympiad winners these are gold medalists they are also sometimes world toppers in their examination yeah. systems and they want to come back and provide their their knowledge their experiences their mm. support for these students because they realize that uh, our system means that if we don't have the right grades and results, that puts us at such a big disadvantage. And if you have a higher socioeconomic background, you have access to peer yes tutoring, you have better resources, you have better schools. So, while we are still in this system where we need to prove ourselves with an exam, how can we make sure that at least everyone has an equal starting point? Uh, that was the start of Xenos, and it started uh, quite a while ago. It started as a school project. I was um, I was 16 and you asked me where I'm from. So uh, I was born and raised in, in, in Jeddah in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Uh, but That's the city I'm from. Where Jeddah is. But born and raised to Pakistani parents. I was an expatriate and spent my whole life in this kind of, kind of like uh, this beautiful confluence of identities of like Pakistani and the Urdu mother tongue and then Arabic surrounding me and then going to an English-British school. Um, So these languages, these identities, these foods, these flavors. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was during the school time where I realized that I'm going to go do an exam that 100,000 maybe more students will do. Mm -hmm. And there's such an unequal playing field. There's such a different reality for every one of them. So why, why, well, firstly, it was so unfair to me to realize that. And then secondly, what can I do about it? And so it started off as a very, very tiny idea. Let me start a blog. Let me put my notes online. And it's just kind of gone from there.
1: So you actually started this in high school?
2: Started this, yes, at at, at
1: my school uh, at the age of 16. And that's that's where the story begins. Very interesting. I, I wanted to ask you, in general, what do you think about the... Um educational system most people go through nowadays since you're young up until you're 18 then you graduate most not most maybe like a lot of people go to university and continue another three four maybe even five years Mm. so up until you're 21 22 you're kind of stuck in this educational system what do you think about it do you think there's a better way for students to you know learn and then go on to do whatever they want in their life or do you think what we have now is fine well, I have a lot to say
2: about <laughs> our <laughs> educational system. Um, there's definitely a lot of challenges and uh, the system doesn't work for everyone, um, especially for young people who don't know exactly what they want to study or they do not fit in the what the academic world wants of them. Sometimes our school subjects are not designed for us. Yeah. Uh, we don't have the freedom and creativity and abilities to learn skills which are relevant for the future we um i don't know if you've seen some of the research from the world economic forum talking about the most important skills like critical thinking problem solving mm-hmm. digital literacy programming algorithmic thinking these are things which are sometimes present sometimes not and oftentimes this is the kind of inequality again mm-hmm. is that the education system prefers and biases towards those individuals who have a higher uh kind of level of income or yes. socio economic background or even geographic reasons of so course. if you're going to a better more higher developed country or you have a better access to schooling you will get a better level of support and the schools will will actually deliver lessons in a better way your teachers will have a better understanding and more holistic way of teaching you
0: yes but speaking of teachers do you, f- do you feel like sometimes teachers put too much pressure on students I mean back in the day, in the 90s hit them you know but nowadays that's changing a lot of course course. also parents yeah bring lots of uh, pressure on students the
2: the, there was some research i can't i can't uh, cite it for you right now but there's some research saying that like the the pressure Mm. uh kids are going through during their GCSEs and IGCSEs at the age of 14 15 Mm. is equivalent to the, the air traffic controller at heathrow a few Decades ago, and do you imagine what the air traffic controller is doing yeah, at Heathrow? Yeah. He's thinking about hundreds of flights in and out of a, an airport. <laughs> this is a uh, level of uh, stress and pressure, and we can see that. We can see that in the mental well-being of our of our young, uh, of our yeah. peers, of our young children, of our mm-hmm. of our friends and our family members. Um, so absolutely, there's a there's a there's too much pressure there. Um, but this is the this is a challenge, right? We can talk about how e- the education system is broken, or we can talk about how do we make sure that the people who are in it right now can at least have an Equal starting point, and there are people working on the problem number one, which is about s- switching the system, mm-hmm. and the people who work on problem number two, which is <clears throat> system is there. How do we go within the system and make almost, the most of it? M- not just make the most of it, but like almost like break it from the inside. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know. Okay. So we, we what we're doing, we're saying actually, you know what, we've always thought that we need the best teachers, tutors, and textbooks to be able to do well. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what. Get the best students in the world, get their knowledge and not only get their content, but actually get them together in a community, regardless of where you're from and learn from each other. Yeah. Students learning from each other. This is a This is it's not something novel. This has happened all our lives. How, when you're at school, when did you learn the most? When you're going to your you're like few hours before exam and you're sitting with your friend, you're like bro, I don't get this. Let me get this out.
1: And you sit there and he works it out for you and he tells you these weird explanations and that's how it happened. And and actually also for the person explaining, it helps it them helps as well. Them, yeah. Like I've realized, uh when me and him did the IB diploma. Okay. So me and him shared the class Physics Higher Level. Physics Higher Level was like very difficult for both of us. Mm-hmm. It's very, very difficult. So like Sometimes I'm not sure about something and then he asks me about it and I go okay let me try to explain to him while explaining to him things connect in my head exactly. and then it's be better understood and I can use it yeah, yeah. That's very true there's so much research we talk about exactly this phenomenon of peer
2: learning mm-hmm. not just of the learner but the teacher the person who's teaching mm-hmm. and this is what we believe we believe that in our education system right now the role of a student mm-hmm. you know where yep. where I'm a former student you guys are students right now yeah. is broken it's incorrect it's puts you as a passive consumer. You're just sitting there and you're listening and you're consuming. That's all you're doing. Mm-hmm. We believe that you need to be empowered to become active creators mm-hmm. and proponents of education. As soon as you switch that role, it's, it's, it's a completely different dynamic. And this is what we see. Exactly as you said, the contributors who get involved, the students who are engaged in the Discord community and who are yeah. learning and from each other, mm-hmm. who are actually teaching back the, the kids who are running YouTube lessons on our, on our YouTube channel uh-huh. with tens of yeah. thousands of subscribers. All these young people who are not just receiving the help but actually helping, helping. Yeah. Are, are doing better in their exams are understanding the concepts better and actually be doing better in their universities because now it wasn't about getting the exam right it was about I explained to Yusuf how you know diffraction works in physics HL, yes. right and now that understanding is now more deeply rooted within me that when I go to uni and I have the same question coming again I have a better conceptual understanding of it so uh, there's actually we have measurable impact so if you go to zenotesorg slash impact and our impact report, you can see how much more our contributors feel more confident in their exams and their own conceptual understanding. So it is a beautiful way and I think all we had to do was just like create the space for it, right? You know, Create the people to allow them to create resources, to learn from each other, to do these different things that can help yeah,
1: help them do better. Yes, actually, I don't think I told you, but before I even met you, before I knew about you, um, in, in two, two years ago in IBDP1, I, was, uh, I actually stumbled across the and I was using it. And okay. I didn't realize until a couple of weeks ago when I made the connection. Okay. And then I, I searched online and then I realized, you know, when the link is purple, that means you've been in it. A- yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it turns out uh, I've actually used it. Okay. Yeah. Well, glad to hear that yeah. you, we've come full circle here. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, and yeah. how did it grow so fast in so many countries?
2: Well, uh, fast is a, is a is a relative relative thing. Um, <laughs> when it's did been a, you start? Twenty so 16, 2014, So it's been a while. Okay. Um, inshallah, next year we're going to come to ten years, a decade. Yes. Uh, and in the first few years, like there was nothing. There was yeah. a, it was a blog, it was a bears making notes, it was a WordPress website, mm-hmm. and we slowly kind of students discovered it and they shared it. And the thing is, if you create something that's of value and resonates with people, Yes, you don't need to market. You don't need to advertise. They will share it and grow it themselves. And that was what happened. It was a network effect. Students found it and they were like, guys, this is amazing. This is useful for me. And they wanted to help others about it. Um, Our notes looked really good. So they would Mm -hmm. print it out and on the back of the the note cover you see this massive z note in the
1: middle okay and
2: yeah. students will be like what is this and then they google up. it and uh-huh. then Z
1: notes come again so they kind of like that effect change so so you didn't have like a like a big marketing or advertisement camp zero. Z- zero there's been no marketing spend on z notes everything has happened organically and through word of mouth. that's that's very that's like tesla
0: that's very similar <laughs> tesla, to tesla. tesla when they when I, didn't have yeah that's oh. a zero market uh, zero dollar marketing strategy. Yeah. they call it yeah that's really
2: product-led big. growth and just turning your community to
1: be the, to be the kind of the champions you who will will take it for and and if you're not like marketing it or pushing it out there as much the community itself is going to be stronger it's authentic because they wanted yeah, to join authentic. they looked for it they did exactly so yeah that makes it very interesting yeah so so just yeah again you know the, this is
2: a full honest story the the, the first few years no one knew about it. No one knew who I was or what Notes was going on about. Uh, but over the years, as students discovered it, it became bigger and bigger. And now we're, you know, we're reaching almost a million students every single year. And not just students, but teachers as well. Yeah. So the point around teachers, they're coming now. We have tens of thousands of teachers who are using Notes in their classroom to deliver lessons, to give it to their students, to help them prepare for lessons. Mm-hmm. And they're using student notes as mm. teachers, okay. mind blown, right? Yeah, like it's a complete, yeah, it's completely complete changed their out. It changed it out. <laughs> yeah. But it's true. Why not? Because high achieving students can actually be operating at standards above certain educators, or educators can be learning from them, and it's fine. Why do we need it's to? To the street, f- yeah. It's absolutely. That's
0: exactly the point of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, to exactly. Likewise, you want to learn from each other, and yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, what kept you going? I mean, you know, sometimes people are, you know young people especially they're looked mm. down upon when they want to have their voices heard you know or when they're starting a project mm. what kept you going did you have any negative uh you know side effects
2: i mean uh it's it's not been an easy journey uh it's mm. been a long one and it's been uh, one which has required a lot of resiliency um nine years is a lot. I guess. a long time <laughs> yeah. uh, and through my school through my university years past my university years uh coming across many opportunities and choosing to stick to this um it's it's not easy i think uh consistency is a very important value for me mm-hmm. and it, it plays out in a lot of parts of my life um but consistency is about doing the right thing and continuously doing it it's not about like this one day i'm going to do it it's about you know it's a small effect but i'm going to continue maintaining that effort mm-hmm. and uh having Zenotes even if it was a few hours a day i was i was making that making sure that that allocation was being made um there were times when when i got a lot of negativity when a lot of people pushed back when a lot of i've had uh, i cannot tell you how many hundreds of people who have said to me you're doing this wrong you're you're not being very smart or business oriented you could you're wasting, you your could, you're wasting all, yeah. all of it i had you know there was a time when our website was hacked. Uh, it was a it was a DDoS, a DDoS attack, oh. and it was during my A level time. Like literally, I was uh, the website went down, and I was doing my AS exams in a few weeks, in a oh. week or maybe so. And the, moment, website, uh, well, the moment the website well, the moment website goes down, I get tens and dozens of emails from students saying, "Where where the notes gone? We were, we're like for them, yeah. they're they're doing their exams as well. They're depending on it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there I am trying to balance my own studies. And my own results, mm-hmm. and here are hundreds of people who are asking me for the notes. I'm emailing them back. I reset the website. I have to go into a new server. The server blacklists us to say, "Oh, you're getting attacked. We don't want you here." And we do this kind of—I don't know how it worked out, but it worked out. And over the years, you know, people have said a lot of things, and um, I think the, the kind of the the reason why I started Zenos was all about this education and the quality. Mm-hmm. For me, uh, my personal kind of upbringing in life and my family's story is all about education being the greatest key and unlocker for
1: social mobility yeah yeah a a lot of people like um a lot of people that take something at a young age and keep going for a long time usually have inspirations or people that Mm. they aspire to uh, aspire to be do you have any person that inspired you or anything that inspires you that kept you going all of this time
2: there are definitely a few things uh, and a few people I've had a lot of amazing mentors throughout my life mm-hmm. um, Both professional but also spiritual mentors And they've really kind of been a, a grounding kind of um, kind of identity for me One of the most important people are my parents They and my grandparents who did a lot of hard work You know, the time in, in the 1940s where India and Pakistan were divided They came through a lot of challenges and and. Uh, Distress and and pain To go through what they did But a generation later For me I went to such a Alhamdulillah Good school I was well supported So this kind of Realization that Where we'd come from And where we could go to And the opportunity That education locked So My family has been a, A real inspiration And have really You know uh, at this stage, has backed me through a lot of lot of big challenges, mm-hmm. um, and then on top of that, these individuals who've, who've come in and out of my life, um, who've proven the consistency is a really really key mm-hmm. uh, kind of trait to to maintain. Um, and I think for for me as well, like uh, religion, religion uh-huh. is a is Islam is such a beautiful portrayal of being consistent. Whether it's our prayers, whether it's our fast, whether it's our uh, you know all these efforts that we need to do on a regular basis, it's a Beautiful representation of how, as a human being, you need to have these rituals in your life
1: Yes, to be able to... It kind of plans out what you need to do for you. Yeah. Your day. It's, it's a system. Like, with prayers, I feel like it it sections out my day. It's kind of like it helps me plan my day better. Yeah. Uh, again, that comes down to consistency. It is. If we forget about prayer and we take something else, if, you, if you're consistently doing it for a long time, you're going to... It's gonna like you're gonna be it's gonna be easier to plan things, easier to you know, like have a better day.
0: How did you feel a sense of achievement for what you're doing? Did you or,
1: or are you yet to feel or what do you think is gonna make you yeah. make you say, Okay, I, I made a difference, I'm I happy difference, I, I can change. relax now. <laughs> um, it's a little hard. Because uh, you're always on
2: the you 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 think of this one objective, and I think uh, there was an objective I had when I was at school, which is now superseded by the objective I had at the middle of my uni, which is superseded the next one. So there's always that kind of continuous, always uh, continuous like moving target. Um, for me, like my my big big mission is now like we've proven this model for millions of students. We want to reach 100 million students. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a huge huge ambition, and I want to yeah. do it in a very quick period of time. Um, and I'm I'm you know I'm driven to that. But at the same time i think um moments where uh you feel a sense of fulfillment are, are definitely the ones where i i've 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 seen the result and impact in a very visceral way mm-hmm. so when i've heard back a story from a student yeah. uh, when i've been stopped literally in the street by someone by saying hey are you zubair i'm like yeah wow are you zubair from I was like yeah uh <laughs> you know i i use your notes when i was back at school and then i ended up here at this uni i'm like oh Gosh, yeah. I'm, I'm, you I'm, can see the difference. This But it's yeah. not. It's mm-hmm. not just. It's. I think the beauty isn't that um, I started something. Mm-hmm. The beauty is that people carried it. Um, mm. The community that you know that's dedicated thousands and tens of thousands of hours. Mm-hmm. Um, they've 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 believed in this this entity, this vi- vision, this this belief system, and it's 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 truly kind of like. One of the most fulfilling things And the impact stories you hear Um, One of the things I I love telling about Is like um, Hmm. Our interns Not only do they become Like part of the Xenos organization They actually leave And become change makers Of their own Mm. They set up their own NGOs They go and set up Their own outreach societies They go and Lead their own initiatives And you've just Suddenly like started a, a a movement kind yeah, of a, yes. a, a kind oh, of a ripple effect that is going everywhere yeah. and that's that's the most kind of for me it happens it, i have i'll be honest most days it's like the grind you know you're working yeah. hard and yes. hard you continue doing it and those days come back and then you're, you're, you you feel fulfilled
1: for, for those days that you're working very hard when you're stressful, when, um, there's a lot going on, like you, like you have to, you know, juggle a couple of things to do at once. How do you deal with that? Is there any specific thing, like any exercise, any specific hobby you like to do to take your mind off of things, to relax,
0: to, to balance down? everything out? you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. There is, and I think this is probably one of my
2: kind of really uh, key pillars of of Zubera's, Zubera's identity. <laughs> so, um, one of my mentors he's, he described it very well. He says there are three things that are very important mm-hmm. uh, in life for your holistic well being. Number one, sleep well. Yeah. Okay. And that I prioritize big time. I need to make sure that I get. I'm I'm away from devices and phones and everything for nine hours with enough time to read. And get good rest Okay mm-hmm. Number two is eat well mm-hmm. um, I cook a lot I eat I make sure I'm eating As healthy as possible And I think that's very Very important to my To my well-being mm-hmm. uh, And I do it consistently Yeah uh, And number three is move well uh, So back in Jeddah I was I uh, you know we the, the, the sports was just like you know what was it it was like going down with your ship ship and playing football yeah. yes, yes, <laughs> yes yes. your ship, ship gets off and <laughs> you're like <Football>. yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, so that was like like that was the childhood and then um, kind of like during school I wasn't I wasn't the biggest mm-hmm. sports person I played cricket a little bit this type of things uh, but I don't know what happened but in 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 one of my finals, kind of year tw- year twelve, I think, um, I had a friend uh, Mohammed Abdullah. He, he said to me that oh I'm gonna go to the cross country club. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. let's check it out. I don't like running. Yeah, I'll try it. I'll try it. <laughs> okay, awesome. And I I went one day and I couldn't run a, a kilometer without
1: collapsing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this is just the heat as well. So like you, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's just. I tried. I tried <laughs> once running a five k. <laughs> It was still it was in December, but still <laughs> too
2: much. <laughs> it, yeah. was, it was. It's, it's pretty pretty intense. Yeah. Anyway, my running coach there said that he would run every day, and he ran. He runs every day, consistently at least three kilometers. I'm like, I can't run a kilometer. This guy's doing this every single day, every morning. Yeah. Blown away, and I was like, okay, I, I, if he is a human being and can do this, I should be able to do this. Of course. That summer, I kind of applied myself to this effort, and I mm. said I was going to run every day, and I don't know what happened. Uh, a few false starts, but. Back in August 2015, maybe,
1: yeah, mm-hmm.
2: I said I'm going to run every single day. Well, more than eight years ago. So more than eight years ago, I I decided I was going to go for a run. It has to be at least five kilometers. It has to be outdoors, uh, regardless of weather. Oh, so you, so yeah. you don't do treadmills? No, treadmills not all allowed. And <laughs> yes. uh, uh, I ran five kilometers every day. And then I, I was doing this in Jeddah. I did my first half marathon there. Came to mm, wow. to London. Joined the cross country team. Raced for UCL. Um, uh-huh. And then uh, did my first marathon And then I do a marathon Every year as well So I've taken it from It's it's full endurance And now running is kind of like It's it's like a It's a given It's like waking up And yeah. brushing your teeth I have to run every day Okay It's about yeah. when it's gonna happen It's gonna happen It's gonna happen yeah. but when Yeah <laughs> it's,
1: The when it's, is the question Yeah, yeah okay uh, And uh, for UCL Did you run uh, long distance yeah? Long distance okay. Like cross country races Okay Yeah um yeah so it th- that helps you does, does does that help you with stress does it calm you down do you does it kind of like work kind of in a th- like a therapy way you know when you run what do you think about are you listening to anything or do you just take that time to like relax and do nothing
2: uh running is much more than a physical activity for me it's 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 how i ground myself Yeah. Uh, Especially with the, the 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 stresses and uncertainty of life mm-hmm. as a founder, you know, you have so many things going on, and there are days, literally, Yusuf, where I'm like uh, working in the middle of the day, mm. and so much hits me and overwhelms me. I just, I just take off my shoes and I'm just out out of the door. I'm mm-hmm. just, I'm running. I like this is it. This is the, I have no one, uh, no one, I <laughs> holding me <my> accountable. <laughs> I'm just gonna get out and go run. And there's never been a single run, a single day where I haven't felt better after my run. Really, so, there's not been a single no, day where I haven't felt better after my.
0: To be honest, it's the same for me. Gym is a big part of my life. Yeah. Same as running. Sometimes I go for running. Whether it's a gym, it's just there's something has to happen every day. Hmm. That's to do with sports, of course.
2: I think there's so many different ways to do it. You know, there's physical yeah. activity is important. I think you do yes. need to raise your your heart rate. Heart rate uh, yeah. you, know, you need to get get moving. Whether that's an, an, a walk, whether it's kind of a, a swim, whether it's a cycle, whether it's mm-hmm. you know literally any activity which disconnects you from this world and I don't take my phone with me I do take I, I do listen to music uh, <laughs> I have my airpods in and I have my garment so I'm, I'm very clean like uh, there's no other device no, with me yeah, yeah. but good. my phone is away and for sometimes for hours you know like mm-hmm. I have I have no contact with the rest of the world and it's, it's pretty pretty
1: relieving I have to say actually sometime last year yeah I remember um, uh, so I got a new phone and the phone didn't have a normal sim Okay. It was only eSIM, so I had to switch to the eSIM, and there was a problem with uh, uh, with Vodafone. So it took kind of like two or three days. Okay. So in these two or three days, every time that I'm yeah. out, no one can call me, <laughs> and I have no no internet, no five G. You do not understand how much of a relief. A relief. It was so like relaxed. I don't need to keep checking for notifications. Oh, this person is calling yeah. me. I'm just walking with headphones in. It's, it's so peaceful I mean that's There's now
0: And even for me When I was younger I was like grounded For my phone And me and my brother We had a huge backyard right? So we never really used it There was a basketball hoop Football goals But we just never used it Because mm-hmm. we were just always On the phone PlayStation Stuff like that mm-hmm. But when we got grounded We started going out We started playing You know It felt so good And that's a young, at, that, that's at a young age yeah. So imagine now Just yeah. constantly yeah. getting notifications
2: I, I really really advocate for, for making Kind of space for presence You know be be there in the moment, and unfortunately, our our phones and devices and notifications really want to distract us from yeah. from the mm-hmm. moment. Um, it's hard. Uh, I, I'm not good with it. Uh, I yeah. still uh, hmm. like you know. I'm still scrolling. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Don't have TikTok, but Instagram Reels is, is worse. <laughs> <Bad enough>. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> it is, Instagram Reels. Uh, yeah, it's pretty addictive. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, I really think that you need to find a mechanism that's that's something you can systematize mm-hmm. and make it stick for you. Uh-huh. Don't make it like this. Oh, I'm gonna do it for five days and then come back. And like, you've, yeah. you've not really like made a, a meaningful change. It I it could be a yeah. it could be like a weekend time or like you know even even like something like simple like dinner, no devices on the table. Mm-hmm. Going to your bedroom, don't take your device with you. Uh, engaging in a meeting, put your phone in your backpack. Yes. Do these kind of simple actions, exactly. and you just make it easier for yourself. So it's not it's not that hard. But I do think that, um, I really I really I mean I had. Like I'm not, I'm not much older than you guys, but mm-hmm. I, there was definitely a period of time where I, like phones weren't all there. You know, yeah. we would yeah. log into Facebook on our web on our desktop, and yeah. then we'd be able to see our friends. In now, our chats. now
1: the ac- the accessibility is it's just too, easy. too It's too easy. Yeah. like at any place, any spot, you can just put it out. They exactly. Y-
0: they usually say it takes around forty days for someone to get used to something and doing habit. small habits. Yeah. yeah Have you read Atomic Habits?
1: Uh, I haven't, but I, I know. Of some of the kind of the, yeah, I mean, it's just
0: those tiny things, like you said, yeah, doing the, those uh, tiny things every what,
1: day. One thing that me and my friends used to do basically to motivate us not to open our phones in restaurants, we all take our phones and put them in the middle. First person to reach for their phone pays them. I've seen this rule, so yeah. so yeah, it's um, it, it's very nice when no one's on their phone. Think about it. When 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 we go out to any restaurant, yeah. everyone is on their phone, texting, calling, or just scrolling. Even when you're just sitting there in the reality, talking to talking, some, talking to your friends, yeah. um, it's it's very nice. Yeah, yeah. My, my phone's in my backpack, so I'm, I'm fully so, present with you guys. <laughs> yeah,
0: perfect. Yeah. I mean, doing all this, keeping up, starting at a young age. What advice do you have for the young generation that's upcoming now, and even later about how they can sustain this and Keep going, as you say, as mm-hmm. you can say,
2: I think there's a a couple of things. The first one is that choose something to do that really means something to you mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the gratification and fulfillment for the work that I do is is inside me it's innate yeah. um, and if you're expecting kind of outside glory or kind of recognition, I think it's it's gonna be really hard for you mm-hmm. so. Number one, choose the mission and the objective or the cause or the or the problem or the even the business idea mm-hmm. that really you just like yeah. you burn with desire to fall, solve.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Number two, um, ter- look at all your limitations and turn them into opportunities. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have, you know, we started Zenotes with nothing. We, my dad gave me a hundred dollars to buy a domain, and that's about <laughs> it. Nothing else after that. Uh, and we bootstrap, we bootstrap, we bootstrap. Um, we built on free tools. We used every single free tool that there is possible <laughs> on the internet, and we built. Use keynotes them. for that. Wow. So there is no excuse to building something and mm-hmm. getting something out there and getting in front of people. Yeah. Uh, so especially nowadays, the number of no-code tools that you have, the number of free softwares that you have, the number of platforms yes. that you have, yeah, it's it's really impossible. Like if you want to build a tech product or hardware, software, whatever you want to do, there's is, there's is ways to get there, mm-hmm. get something mm-hmm. out there. Um, so I would say like. Choose a mission and a cause that really, really matters to you and you burn with desire for. Number two, do something about it. Don't don't twiddle your fingers and say, oh, I might be able to do it. No, <laughs> this is this is happening now. Do it. And number three, uh, which I, I I really am very grateful for, for, for throughout my life and I give so much back, kind of like, I give so much of my, what I've been able to do is, is so much attested and kind of associated to do to the people I surround myself with. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you surround yourself with good people who are honest and truthful and 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 driven and, and care about you and really you know you know really believe and trust you yeah you 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 create something special mm-hmm. um and let's not like, i mean the world's not been an easy ride there've been bad people exactly. good people there've been difficulties in my upbringing childhood has not been easy but at the end of the day the people i kept closest to myself were just incredible people mm-hmm. and they serve as my some of my mentors have known me since I was 7 years old wow yeah wow. and he influenced yeah. how i went into uni and where yeah. i went and now he's still he's still the guy still texts uh, connor i'm i'm struggling with this what should i do now what should i do yeah. <laughs> wow. um, and so people like that my parents um a lot of my mentors are, are people who've, who've known me for many many years but uh and you 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 keep these people close and they're not just older people i'm just gonna yeah. close this point yeah. uh but younger friends is well, like my best friends We're spread across the world One's in Doha One's in uh, Canada Uh, One is flying around the world Hmm.
1: Uh, So these are people You met in school And then Yeah school
2: friends Some of them I've gathered Through university Some of them I've gathered At my founder But the people Who we've connected And we have shared values And belief systems I've kept them close to me Mm -hmm. And these are the people I learn the most from Take the most from Mm -hmm. And grow the most with and these are the kind of the, You need to keep them with you I think if if you don't have The right group of people Around you Your energy Your your motivation that Everything Everything starts to disappear Like you know Why am I Like what was the kind of The the, the, gr- the group of people Who kept me up While I was like Struggling the hardest times These are the people yeah. You need human For beings true. You need the kind of That sense of like Well being And that's why I Zenot centers around community Because everything that you do Is community And this is my
0: community You are who you surround yourself with Exactly That's right. true But even the people Like kind of The wrong people In a way that come and go in your life, you can learn lessons from absolutely them. you can you know absolutely use them to develop even more and come back stronger and ho- you know exactly it
1: helps you it moti- some n-
0: negativity you can turn that into
1: um, motivation positive, motivation Positivity. exactly yeah. yeah exactly it can push you propel you to do more yeah absolutely so like absolutely both sides of. People that it's come me, and go exactly. and People that are with you For a long time Both are very helpful Yes
2: One other idea I want to touch upon Is um, Which I think you guys Are both really Really great at I, I saw your first episode And I can yeah. really mm-hmm. feel it um, And shall I think the The new generation Is really really comfortable With this Concept of vulnerability mm-hmm. I think in the past We've been very very cautious About being this Perfect self And the kind of being uh, yeah. Just yeah. showing this kind of mask Or a certain Certain portrait or picture But um Real, real connections and real relationships are built on trust, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. built on being vulnerable. And uh, the people I've, 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 be, I, I keep in my life, I've, I've, I've laughed with them, I've cried with them. Yes, yeah. Uh, yes. And they have to, they have to see both sides of this coin, mm-hmm. and they need to see you in your, the real, honest, part of you. Yes. Um, and it's, it's. it's you figure it out. You know when people are exploiting you and you know when people are trusting you and they're showing they're taking your vulnerabilities, protecting them, safeguarding them and giving them yours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that that exchange is just a very beautiful human thing. It's happened for generations and generations, mm-hmm. but it is something that is such a key part of a relationship. And I think um I I really encourage young people to y- there are so many insecurities out there for us, you know. There's so many yeah. things to look like or ways to be like and yeah. money to earn and things to have. Mm-hmm. You can be really, really um, kind of misguided by just those kind of fallacies that the world puts out for you. But right. if you find the right people and you can be vulnerable with them and learn from them and give back to them, I think it really, really helps helps you find that community and a way to yeah, to be that, yourself and find your own identity.
0: That's very true. And I think also the diversity, we kind of lived in three different countries for me. Yeah. Um, you know, and stuff like that. I think that also has a great impact on how you think of others around you and how you think portray yourself. For example, I mean... We spoke about this briefly in this first episode. For example, here in Dubai where I was raised, it was a bit greatly different, not a bit different in terms of how I have to look like in front of people or how I have to dress like, you know, stuff like that. So what do you think of diversity in a way?
2: Yeah, yeah. For I mean, uh, same as you, you know, uh, third culture kid, uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of like taking my uh, Pakistani roots and like eating like that type of food every day and yeah. listening to that. Then growing up in, in Saudi, but not just Saudi, because like the beauty of Jeddah is that there's everyone from everywhere exactly. right there. Yeah, uh, And you, you have like the... Syrians you have yeah. the Yemeni you have the, all the Arab countries yes. you have all the subcontinent countries and you just you just feel like this beautiful mix of identities mm-hmm. um, and then I think it it really like so grateful for an international upbringing because uh, yeah. I see the world in a different way I see the world yes, in these beautiful colors and richness mm-hmm. um, these things are really hard to see if you're if you're grown up in a small town and just see the same yeah. 500 yes, people that you that always know So I think um, It's it's this sense uh, We also measure this in Xenos Because we believe this is very important Global citizenship mm-hmm. We're living in a world where We're more connected than ever before uh, And we, we're we going to see So many different cultures Races, identities And we need to be able to Kind of work And, and identify and encourage And grow with these people mm-hmm. And uh, I, I definitely believe that Growing up in these kind of Beautifully Multicultural, cosmopolitan, yes. changing dynamically yeah. places has always made me uh, kind of much better for who I am. And then I went from like, and when I go back to Karachi, when back in Pakistan, it's a, it's another kind of yeah. melting completely pot, completely different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I come back to Jeddah, it's a different one. Now I go to, and now in London, I mean, you have also yeah. seen it, right? London is this... it's always been called this melting pot. Yeah. And uh, last, you know, in the last few years, I've been traveling a lot across Europe, across Southeast Asia and Far East Asia. Everywhere I go, I just feel like a sense of belonging and a sense of beauty in the cultures that I see. Uh-huh. And I think um, I think it's very important. I think it plays a big part in how I uh, perceive the world, mm-hmm. the work that I do, mm. and the importance why I play in our solution and our work to always be starting at a global
1: scale because it has to it has to be global it has to be to everyone not a specific community i i agree so again that goes back to the equality problem you want everyone to have the same opportunities exactly you don't just want jeddah students or london students or pakistani students you want everyone to have the same and equal opportunities i get that it's very
0: so taking all of this taking all your work how did you kind of aspire others or inspi- inspire other others um, through your speeches? Uh, I've seen that you've spoken in the UN. I've seen that you've spoken at UCL. How do you take all the work you've done and just you know try to motivate people in a way?
2: Well, I don't know if I can. I I, I hope I can, and it's it's a, it's I, I don't want to be kind of want don't want to say inspire. I'd like to share my story mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. my mistakes and my failures, but also things that have worked out. And maybe there's something, a nugget of th- something that they could take away and they can learn from. Yeah. Um, a big principle that Xenotes operates with and, and is part of my kind of key focuses in when I talk about achieving the UN Sustainable Development Goals yeah. is youth empowerment. Mm-hmm. I think we are living in a, in a time where Young people have access to tools, opportunities and resources like never before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are more self-aware and mm-hmm. aware of the world and they can really take action. And you can see some incredible initiatives led by young people mm-hmm. that are making waves across the world.
0: Yeah, and
2: This is not to be ageist. I think there's a big part of intergenerationality. We're learning from our elders. Mm-hmm. As I told you, my, my well, advisors are all older than me yeah, and they, yeah. they, pay, they give me so much. But the energies and the drive and the passion of the youth if channeled in the right way, mm-hmm. can lead to great social change. Yeah. Everything that z does, it is framed in this educational umbrella. It's talking about inequalities. It's talking about education inequality. But if you look at it, if you kind of like remove the labels, what it's usually really doing and saying is that if you give young people the power
0: mm-hmm.
2: to do something good, yeah. and you give them the opportunity to be amplified and platformed, put at a stage that's global, then look at what can happen. Look at what a couple of hundred students who've banded together to think about a mission and a cause can do and impact millions. If that is possible, why can't we continue doing this? Not just for education, but for water and sanitation, for no poverty, for geopolitical causes, for climate change, Mm -hmm. all the social problems that are facing us right now. How can we make sure that these young people have the channels and agency and opportunity to to do what they do? So... The kind of the, the 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 starting point for every Xenos initiative is is how do we make sure that this scales and how do we make sure that at the at the start at the at the heart of it we put young people. Uh-huh. Um, we have about maybe like uh, fifty interns right now, and they wow. are all working. Yeah out of their own volunteer efforts and they're making such a great impact. We have about two, three dozen ambassadors who are leading initiatives in their communities. Yeah. We have, at any given moment, maybe like 20, 30 contributors. Mm-hmm. Um, and to date, we've had hundreds of them. So uh, the Xenos organization is basically a massive youth movement. We have about 20, 30,000 in the Discord community. These are young people just engaging with and from each other. All we need to do is create the right channels for them to do the right things. So coming back to your question, I know okay. I went for the bit of a loop, worry. <laughs> no <laughs> worry, no tangent, is <laughs> that I want young people to, to see that From your bedroom By dedicating a couple of hours Of your time Which you do have yeah. Yeah. You can sure. actually be working at a scale That is impacting millions mm-hmm. And it is such a hugely empowering thing To be able to do Imagine And you're doing this right now You're, you're still at uni you, you, You're launching an initiative That may inshallah like, Reach hundreds and thousands of people And they might inspire another young change maker and If that happens How does that make you feel?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah I mean Of course it would Pretty incredible <laughs> right? Yeah, incredible. yeah. <laughs> Well
2: Amazing. why And what would happen When you go into your future? What 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 you're, would happen? Your, what you're going your to want
1: to inspi- inspire yeah. And um, help more people more Exactly more, yeah.
2: You're going to be Brought up with this idea That actually My work Can lead to, social to good change. global change And will global
1: change Yeah
2: So if you If at the age of 16 and 17 If a young child Or a young student Can find Feel like they're part of this initiative that has led to reaching millions of students it is the most empowering thing in the world and that's what i mean when they leave z Notes and when they go into the mm-hmm. the world of university but in the world of work mm-hmm. they're going to choose careers that is going to serve marginalized community they're going to choose careers which is purposeful and meaningful and fulfilling mm-hmm. they're going to work on initiatives which they can see is going to create a positive impact and the beauty of um the kind of the ripple effect and um you know, like this mindset change, which is the most difficult thing to do. Yeah. Mindset shift is the most challenging piece of impact you can have because it's a real behavioral change. But if you do that, you create change makers that will last for their own lifetime. Yeah. And and honestly, this sounds doom and gloom, but if we don't get the next generation to feel like they can make global change and as many of them as possible to be in that kind of mindset, mm-hmm. yeah. unfortunately, we're not looking at a very uh, p- pretty picture because true. the challenges are big. The inequalities are great, mm-hmm. but we have the opportunity to fix it. And the opportunity is about this at this age, make sure that young people feel like they're par- part of this change and they can mm-hmm. be part of the change. And even if it's in meaningful, small things, if they're meaningful changes, it will make an impact and it True. can create that ripple effect.
0: And I feel like another big challenge is people are focusing too much on looks and money, you know, like rather than just making a change for, the he- for helping others. What do you it, think about that? I, I,
2: I, I think it's it's definitely a big piece. Like we're coming back to this part of the ser- first part of the conversation. It's about the influence, about the people you surround yourself with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are people who who spend a lot of time in and in, in kind of showing a certain Instagram shot, mm-hmm. but you know what's happening in the background when they're taking that shot. You know the credit card bills that are racking yeah. up. You know what they're doing when they're not. They they might not be feeling good about themselves. Yeah, they true. might need to be needing to buy to kind of fulfill other parts of their kind of you know. Insecurities. Yes. So there's so much that is kind of like hidden in the social media realm. I think um, having a strong group of people who you can trust and be vulnerable with, and believe, and have this kind of shared sense of values. Combine that with a purpose and drive that you want to go and look. I'm not saying that every young person needs to go and start a startup. Hmm,
1: yeah, no, of course that's
2: of course. not going to happen, and that <laughs> yeah. shouldn't happen. I mean, if you have uh, uh, that many startups, going to <laughs> our economy is going to collapse. Exactly, yeah, it's not going to work. <laughs> and imagine like if Zenos would not operate if we didn't have so many amazing young people who said they wanted to help. Mm, exactly. We need. We need the combination we need the founders we need the builders we need the operators we need the people who volunteer, volunteer. we need the people who work in corporates and change the narratives of the corporates we need mm-hmm. the people who work in governments and change the narrative in the government we need the people who work in multilateral funds and the uh, organizations like the un and the UNDP and make the changes happen we need all of it yeah. what we need is people who believe that they are empowered to make change and they're looking and driven to make positive social change
1: i i agree this thank you very much for this uh, time you gave us of course yeah, first, I think um, I'm personally I feel inspired
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah to be honest I feel really motivated Yalla, after let's this. go <laughs> let's go you know
1: <laughs> thank you very much and it was amazing to have you uh, we you so appreciate it and um, uh, yeah so this is, that's the end of the episode thank you very much for watching and tuning in once more thank you Zabair. thank and, you uh, yes I bye bye, thank bye you. thank you bye